You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The serious side of the J. Rouse Show is coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out. No more, boys will be boys. No more, I'll say something next time. No more, why didn't she tell anyone? No more, she was flirting with him. No more, she's too smart to let that happen. No more, not my problem. No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why doesn't she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry. No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more, she seems just fine to me. No more, she should have been more careful. No more, we don't talk about that. No more bystanding. No more ignorance. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. WWE Superstar Big Show here to tell you if you've been drinking, get a ride. Take a cab. Find another safe way to get home. Cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving. They will see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. Hey, 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 good morning. If you're ready, map of the south. Let's do this. I'm telling you, I am first very honored that you would join me tonight. He has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in Mr. Alan Farrell right away. Hey, how are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make you do what I do, baby. Man, what's crack a lacking, baby? What's crack a lacking? It's time for the serious side of the Jay Rowe Show. Don't try to call me out, princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Giles Snyder. Firefighters in Northern California facing more hot and dry conditions today as they battle the growing car fire. The fire has devastated entire neighborhoods in the city of Redding, where more than 38,000 people remain under evacuation orders. The death toll has climbed to five. Bob Moffitt with Capital Public Radio was in Redding as one family searched for loved ones. He filed this report. Saturday, the Shasta County Sheriff's Office confirmed what Ed Bledsoe already knew. His wife, Melody, and the great-grandchildren they had raised, five-year-old James Roberts and four-year-old Emily, died in the fire Thursday night. And I was talking to Junior when a fire tried to come in the back door. He's five, and he just kept calling for me to get there in a hurry. I got up on the hill, I got the Quartz Hill up there, but they wouldn't let me down through the fire to get to the house to get them. Bledsoe says he had run an errand to a friend's house when the car fire was still miles away and on the other side of the Sacramento River from his home, the fire gobbled up that ground in a matter of minutes. Some people saw fire NATOs spin hundreds of feet in the air and touch down, destroying homes while leaving others on the same street untouched. For NPR News, I'm Bob Moffat. A shooting last night in New Orleans left three people, two suspects who shot indiscriminately into a crowd. Jess Clark of member station WWNO reports. Police say the shooting happened Saturday evening outside a commercial strip mall on a main fairway. Three people were pronounced dead on the scene. Seven others were taken to local hospitals for treatment. Police had several blocks cordoned off around the scene, 
EMS, chaplains, social workers, and the city coroner were there. Several community members who appeared to know the victims were openly wailing with grief. In a statement, New Orleans Mayor LaToya Cantrell called the killing disgusting and infuriating. Police say they are still investigating. Nearly 90 people have already been murdered in the city this year. For NPR News, I'm Jess Clark in New Orleans. In Zimbabwe, former leader Robert Mugabe spoke to the nation today for the first time since he was removed from power last November. He spoke of the circumstances of his removal and said he would not vote in tomorrow's elections for those who he said had illegally taken power, an apparent reference to President Emerson Mananagua. A strong earthquake has rattled the Indonesian island of Lombok, a popular tourist destination near Bali. At least 14 people reported dead, dozens more injured, as Michael Sullivan reports. The magnitude 6.4 quake hit just after 6 in the morning local time and left frightened residents fleeing into nearby rice paddies to avoid collapsing buildings. The northern end of the island was the hardest hit, where an emergency clinic was set up in the town of Sembulan after the hospital there was damaged. The quake also triggered a landslide on Mount Rinjani. And you're listening to NPR News. Coming up next on the serious side. No, I never protest. I never protest during the anthem, and I don't think that's the time or the venue to do so. Uh, the game of football has always brought me such a peace, and I think it does the same for a lot of people. A lot of people playing the game, a lot of people watching the game, a lot of people that have any impact of the game. So when you bring such a controversy uh, to the to the stadium, to the field, to the game, uh, it takes away. It takes away from that. It takes away from the joy and to the, the love that football brings a lot of people. A man seen shooting and killing a young father will not be charged because of Florida's stand your ground law. The law allows someone to use deadly force if they fear they'll they'll be killed or badly injured without requiring them to try to escape. The case is again fueling a debate over that law. On Friday, four U.S. senators called on the Department of Justice to investigate. Now, no, talk no, no, about that's all what you, of these I'm people. Sorry, you know what? That's what you said. You said, well, you know you said that when it people was, who it's shouldn't okay. be here end it's, up murdering the children of American citizens. You know what's horrible? What's when, horrible when the president of the United States whips up people to beat no, the hell out of people. No. Say goodbye. <laughs> As a member of the White House press pool, Fox stands firmly with CNN on this issue of access. So far, no response from the White House. But you had many people in that group other than neo-Nazis and white nationalists, okay? The president, combative and defiant, unleashing and unscripted. I think there's blame on both sides, and I have no doubt about it, and you don't have any doubt about it either. Go back to Mexico. Why? If you can't follow the store rules. Why? It's not your store. Your store. Is it your store? You're the store. I'm not dumb. You're the one who's dumb. Saying that to me. Who do you think you are? Well, first of all, you said uh, don't tell your kids. Talk to me. Exactly. Don't tell my kids nothing, okay? 
If you see the mother, tell the mother, not the kids, okay? It all started with a game of pool. Marlon Baker says he and his friend Lisa were in Bayview, Idaho last Sunday to see the fireworks. Baker says a man named Darren Abbey, an admitted white supremacist, started calling him racial slurs and told him to leave town or he would stab him. I had to take my... So Baker left the bar but says Abby followed, harassing him. Then Baker says Abby allegedly jumped toward him. He did a motion like he was going to do something. So he says he acted fast and punched Abby right in the face, knocking him out. This is straight right hand. <laughs> That's all it was. I never would have wittingly called any black person a say they are a monkey. Welcome to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show with Kathleen Williams, Mr. Jerome Esprit, and Mr. L.E.S. Now here is your host, J. Ryle. It's Sunday morning to you folks. Today is July 29th, 2018, and you're in tune to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TGRS Radio Network Online Radio. Yes, of course, like the guys that my name is J. Ryle. Glad you guys are in the house. Of course, as always, we never show the stage by myself, but uh, let me introduce you to the man who's actually in studio this morning, the one and only man who really runs everything around here, the one and only Mr. L.E.S. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you doing this morning? Doing outstanding, Mr. L.E.S., as always. Appreciate your participation. Appreciate what you bring to the show. You are the man. Thank you, my friend. All right. I thought thought you were going to say, there you go. That's what I thought here. Okay, thank you. <laughs> All right. Our resident texter, Johnny D's in the house. He's listening in. Of course, the smartest man in the world, Jerome Esprit, usually joins us after his commitment with Clear Channel Radio. Of course, later on, our director of uh, uh, social media outreach, Jackie, will be in the house giving us some pertinent information so you can stay in tune with the show while we are away. And uh, Kathleen Williams. Uh, being Kathleen, doing the things, changing America, just one Kathleen Williams moment at a time. We appreciate her. Chat room should be open to call in numbers 347 850 A lot to get into, as always, in this era of Trump. But I tell you what, not a lot talking about when it comes to Trump this morning. First up on the agenda, Dak Prescott, as football season enters, Dak Prescott says some things that uh, have a lot of black folks and uh, African-American athletes saying, huh, okay, is this the new Uncle Tom? We'll talk about that. Coming And then next, next segment, we'll talk about another situation where you have your stand your ground law in Florida, young man shot and killed, all captured on videotape. Uh, it's just a tragic situation. We'll get into that one as well. And then, of course, the last third and last segment, which is going to be controversial, and I can't wait for the comments to start really in. Do we have the right to hate America? Are you justified for hating America, especially if you are an African-American person or a person of color? Do you have the right to hate America? With some of the things that are going on, a lot to get into. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. You can be a part of the conversation. Come on in. Can't wait to hear from you. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Let's get into it. Dak Prescott. This past week, uh, Dallas owner Jerry Jones made the announcement saying, "Listen, 
First of all, let me give you some background information. If you're not a football fan, if you don't follow the National Football League, uh, for the past few years there has been a protest and there's been a lot of controversy surrounding the National Anthem. This started with San Francisco's 49er quarterback, Colin Kaepernick. He started taking a knee. First of all, he was sitting down. Let me just make sure I back it all the way up. He was sitting down doing the National Anthem, and so he talked to a veteran saying, look, this is what I want to do. How do I do this and be respectful for the flag? The veteran told him, listen, one of the things that we do in the field, if a fallen soldier goes down, we take a knee. He said, so why don't you take a knee instead of sitting on a bench? So Colin Kaepernick said, okay, look, I'm not disrespecting the flag. This is all about trying to highlight some of the social injustices that are going on with African-American men and African-Americans totally in this, you know, as a whole in this country when it comes to police brutality and injustice and oppression. So he started taking a knee, and it started getting national attention, and all of a sudden President or Agent Orange got involved and turned this thing into – took it away from its original focus, Ms. Delias, which was to take a knee to protest using the platform, the fact that they're, you know, highly profiled athletes using the medium that they have access to, risking careers. Colin Kaepernick, for example, hasn't played a down in the NFL in the past two years. So using that platform to bring awareness to something that we all agreed, which is a huge issue in America, the president got involved. They turned this thing into disrespecting the flag. Then it became a black and white issue. And now you have people who are solid on each end. The NFL took a big hit last year in ratings and, and all those different things. They lost money last year. So they decided to put a rule in place saying, okay, how do we find a happy medium between players and owners at the same time, you know, trying to figure out a way to resolve this issue. So they put a policy in place saying, okay, tell you what's going to happen here. If you're on the field, you have to stand up for the national anthem. You are not allowed to take a knee. And if you do, you will be fined. The team will be fined. Now, the alternative, I guess this is the pacifier for the players. Hey, if you don't want to be a part of it, you can stay in the locker room. Okay, Cowboys owner Jerry Jones said, oh, no. If you are the star, guess what you're going to do? You're going to toe the line, and you're going to step out there, and you're going to participate. You cannot stay in the locker room. And if you do, you will no longer be a Dallas Cowboy. And two of his most high-profile players, Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott and his running back Ezekiel Elliott, both have come out. And he he chimed in on this thing, and both of them are saying, look, we were never, we're not going to protest. Right? We're not going to protest. You know, this the, the the national anthem is not the right forum, Ms. Delias, according to Dak Prescott, to express these views. Now, let's go back and it, it is worth noting, Ms. Delias, the Jets owner, Woody Johnson, said, Look here, I tell you what we're gonna do. Not only if my players want to kneel, we're gonna pay all the fines. So that's an NFL franchise that I will be buying a replica helmet for and will post proudly in the man case. So all that on the, all that being said, Mr. Elias, your thoughts on this? Because when we first we kind of we, we kind of heard this yesterday, uh, and, and we were like, oh, now we have another Uncle Tom. What say you? Well, bottom line is, you know, uh, when uh, when when uh, when is the social injustices to black folks? Not just by the police, but just by the nation. When are, when are they stopping? I mean, you got a guy that just got killed in Florida. We're going to be talking about later. 
on the standing ground law where he and now he don't get me wrong, his girlfriend parked in a, in a legal handicap zone, but he just got shot because the dude was because the guy got out who was not a police officer, berating his um, berating his, his his girl and his kids. So when did the social injustices stop in America? Dak Prescott, you know, you need to stand up for something, man. And Ezekiel, you definitely need to stand up for something. And I know, I know this, this I know what happened the last time. With, with, with last year, with what happened, he had your back, but he had your back because you're a talent. If you wasn't a talent, he'd have got rid of your black ass. That's just what, that's the way that thing works. Come on, stand up for something, fellas. You know, we, you know, we need to start standing up for something. We need to start protesting some things in this country. And, 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 and I, I admire Colin Kaepernick. He stood up for what he believed in. And he's still standing up for what he believes in. And people just don't get that. If you don't stand up for something, like Dr. King said, you'll fall for anything. I don't, I don't get it. You'll stand up for I something. Don't, I don't understand. You'll stand for you know, something, you'll fall you don't, for anything. So. You'll stand for something, right. you don't represent anything as well. You know, but, but, okay, but see, you brought Ka- Colin Kaepernick. Let, let's talk about him for a second because Colin Kaepernick is unemployed. And so, you know, Dak Prescott, third year of a contract, uh, bottom line is he's trying to make sure that, uh, you know, he gets this huge contract. So he's trying to protect his assets. If he don't have assets, how can he be a part of social change, Mr. Elias? How can he have an impact if he has no money, if he has no platform? So, it's, you know, so are we criticizing him for trying to play it conservative and trying to make sure that he straddles the line here a little bit? Should he be chastised and crucified for that? Well, you know, sometimes, sometimes you gotta stand. You got to be that. You gotta stand for something, man. You have to stand up. You gotta stand for something. I mean, it, you know. So in essence, if somebody just keeps beating the hell out of you and 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 and, and tearing your family down and tearing the community down that you are part of, as long as you keep getting the paycheck, everything's okay. I just don't. I don't get that. I don't understand it. Uh, you, you, we shouldn't have to go through that. You, you should, you know, as long as I'm going to paycheck, I'm okay. Damn the rest of the pro. What else are you doing to help the platform then? What, what are, are, are you going to do something else? Are you protesting another way? Are you going out there to help somebody else protest? What are you doing besides sitting back and saying, ain't my fight? You know, I, I remember really, Bruce having this conversation. you listen to that national anthem, that third verse, <laughs> none of the black folks would stand for it at all. Yeah, it's interesting. I was just about to go down that avenue. I remember having this conversation a while back, and I remember some of the, the messages that we received the week after we had the conversation. We never, you know, I never read them, but some of the comments were, you know, African Americans are always talking about, you know, uh, uh, protesting, and, you know, and we get on these athletes for the athletes who don't protest because they're concerned about their paychecks. And, you know, I remember reading one post, someone said, you know what, you put your money where your mouth is. Why don't you go on your job and take a knee and call? disruption and see if you get fired. People don't do it because they don't want to get fired from their jobs, so why are we looking at these NFL players in a different? What would be your response to people who make that notion, Ms. Elias? Well, Jay, at this point in time, on my job, we don't play the national anthem, but if we did, guess what I'd do? I'm a union worker and I'd take a knee because I got that right. But, but they're not talking about 
what they're saying is is that the NFL that's that's their employer and their employment, and they're saying you don't have to wait for the national anthem. Just go in there and and you know take a knee in front of your boss's desk and say black power and you know just protesting your job, you know. And 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 they're saying and people are saying, look, you know, you can't blame these cats for this. Um, but, but listen, let me do this before you answer. Let me bring in the smartest man in the world. I just want to introduce that he is in the house, Mr. Jerome Spree, who brings us on a weekly basis on a need to know basis. What's up, Mr. Jerome? How are you, sir? My people, what's going on, man? Hey, what's up, Jerome? All right. As always, our pleasure as always. So, Mr. Elias, so now that being said, what would you say? Would you just go protest in your job? You don't have to have the national anthem. Just go protest. Jay, <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you what I read. Point. Don't bring this to me because see, you see here's the thing: you, you're comparing apples to oranges. If I had a national platform, I'm not yes. comparing. Say what? they are comparing apples to oranges, Mister Elias. Y'all do this to me all the time. I'm telling you what the people are saying. Okay, this is well, not me. They're comparing apples to oranges. What? Well, okay, how so? If I went in there and, and, and protested my boss, he was like, "Okay, you protested. Ooh, okay." <laughs> I, mean, I, don't, I don't understand that. I don't have a okay, platform. I mean, look. If I had a they're not the platform, same, though. That's a hard comparison. Yeah, I said it's a hard comparison because it's not the same. You know, when people make right. idiotic statements, because I'm going to tell you that whoever wrote that, that was just damn dumb. And the reason that it's dumb is because every time somebody has an issue with black people, they start making comparisons about what we're doing personally opposed to what we're not doing. And like Elias said, you're talking about somebody who's an athlete who's put on TV and is paraded around like little doggone show puppies. And so when you have a break in between your job, you can do what you want. But if they made us at our job stand for the national anthem, I wouldn't do that. So if you want to make a comparable um, something equivalent, Ask me when I go to an NFL game or a baseball game or whatever, ask me do I stand for the national anthem, and I will tell you no. That's how you can make an equitable comparison. But we're not talking about them as, as, you know, what do we do to white people to make them understand that black people are being oppressed. See, they're trying to pull us into the fact that all black people don't like white folks' argument, and that's just damn dumb. You know what I mean? It's interesting. So I, like, start... I like the way you turn that around uh, on the uh, going to the games and stuff like that. That's good. I like that. That I like the way you brought that down. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It's uh, twenty five or yeah, about twenty five minutes after the hour. All right, listen. But in fairness to Dak Prescott, what I want to do is I want to play the sound from it because you know I was like you know what? Come on, man. Because this is America's scene. You have one of the highest platforms out there. You know, Muhammad Ali, at the time when he stood up and protest what was going on uh, for what was happening with African Americans back in the 60s, it was a different time where white folks really, you think think they're bad now, they really had a license to kill back in the 60s. And they had federal and state governments to provide cover for them. But this man, which at the time, remember now, remember the heavyweight champion was more popular than the president of the United States during that time. And he took that platform, all the money and riches that he made, and he put that to risk because he felt that he had to stand up for social injustices. So, you know, I look at Dak Prescott and says, come on, man. Do you honestly think if you and Ezekiel Elliott stood up and said, we're not doing it, you think they're going to cut y'all? Are you serious? 
This is the white man once again trying to use that Jedi mind trick. Yeah, black folk, guess what? If you do this, we're going to take care of you. But in fairness to Dak Prescott, I want to play what he said in its entirety, and then we want to comment on the other side. Maybe it will change your opinion of what that's what's out there on the news because we just grabbed to the point that he said, look, I, I don't do that. I'm here to play football. But let's listen to his remarks in their entirety, and then we'll spend a few minutes dissecting those. Online radio at its best. Been, you know, very adamant about right. where they stand on this, and in fact, even to the point that Stephen Jones said that if a player protests, he won't be a Dallas Cowboy. When you hear that, what's your reaction? Yeah, I mean, it's. I don't necessarily listen to it. It has no effect to me because I do exactly what I'm doing and what I've said and what I stand by whether I was wearing the star or not, whether I was playing for Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, or any other owner. Uh, I believe in what I believe in, and that's that. Is that what, what is that in, in terms of the anthem? I mean, is that mean? Yeah, I mean, I'm... Never no, I never protest. I never protest during the anthem, and I don't think that's the time or the venue to do so. Uh, the game of football has always brought me such a peace, and I think it does the same for a lot of people. A lot of people playing the game, a lot of people watching the game, a lot of people that have any impact of the game. So when you bring such a controversy... Uh, to the to the stadium, to the field, to the game, uh, it takes away. It takes away from that. It takes away from the joy and to the, the love that football brings a lot of people. And so for me, I'm all about making a change and making a difference. Um, and I think this whole kneeling and all that was all about just raising awareness and the fact that we're still talking about social injustice years later. I think we've got to that point. I think we've proved and we know that the social injustice. So I'm, I'm up for taking a next step that whatever that step may be uh, for action and not just kneeling. I've always believed standing up for what I believe in, uh, and that's what I'm going to continue to do. So you can respect why some players might still think that's the proper venue, the proper place to do it? I mean, yeah, I respect, I mean, I respect uh, what all those guys believe in. I mean, if they believe in it's going to make a change and it's making a difference, then uh, power to them. Uh, but for me, I think it's about doing something, action. It's not about taking the knee. It's not necessarily about standing. Um, it's uh, We can find a different place uh, to to make our country better. Um, and obviously, as I said, I'm not naive and I'm very aware of the social injustice that we have going on, but uh, I'm about the actions that we can do to, to fix it rather than the silent protest. Anything that you started to work on towards that? Uh, no, I mean, not necessarily, but I mean, for me, it's just about uh, continue to inspire and motivate and hopefully uh, people can, can hear what I say and, and believe in that. And I'm up for I'm up for anything. I'm up to get involved in any way that we can with the uh, with fiction and social injustice and the police brutality and all the things that are going on in our country, I'm often making a difference, and you can count me in if we can find something um, worth the action to do so that will help fix it. Online radio at its best. All right, Mr. Elias, you heard his remarks in their entirety. What do you have to say now? He's down for whatever. He's down for whatever. He ain't saying what he's going right. to do to, to resolve the social issues. But he's got, if, if somebody else want to come up with something else, yeah, I'm with it. As long as it ain't, as long as it ain't pissing off uh, Mr. Charlie up here, I'm good with it. That's that's, <laughs> that's, that's exactly what I heard. That's exactly what I heard. That, that, I'm sorry, that's what I heard. I'm sorry. Yeah, as long as it ain't pissing off Mr. Charlie, I'm good with it. Yeah, but if it pisses him off, we can't do it. What about you, Jerome? What about you, Jerome? Hey, you know, I, I'm in the area of um, Harriet Tubman on this one. I'm like, look, he'll want to be free until everybody else. Oh, is. boy. Yes. Okay, y'all good? And now he want to run out. So I can't, I can't, um, that's essentially what he's saying. He said, 
oh, it's just to bring awareness so y'all brought awareness. I'm here to help oh, you. Boy. If it's to take a next step, but he wouldn't take the first step with him. He ain't going to take no steps with you. But when we get there, I'm going to be there supporting you. It, it reminds me of the Million Man March, but everybody was scared, and then you get a million people there. They're like, yes, now what are we going to do now? Now that we stuck together. That's what it sounds like. You was like, call me when you get a plan. Right. Oh, you know, boy, I tell you, man. The sad thing is, there is a plan. Take a oh, damn boy. knee. But that plan ain't good enough. He wanted to do another plan. Like, he was like, and so he's going to keep opting out until everybody else is free. He's going to be like, I told you I was there. I'm here to support you. <laughs> You know, I guess my take on it is slightly different. My take on it is, look, I, I, what I guess his point is, is that you know you've made your, you know you've done your silent protest. You continue to do silent protests. Is it going to change anything? I'm ready to take action. I mean, so look, I can kind of see that, but no. the comment when the guy and I'm glad the guy followed up with the question. Well, have you taken any steps? Well, uh, no. <laughs> But call me, call me when y'all get a plan. But, I'm in. I mean, come on, man, brother, but, come on. You, <laughs> you just should, you should, you, you paraphrasing that. What does that sound? How does that sound any different than what white folks say? Y'all made y'all <laughs> point, so now we got to go out and play. <laughs> We're about bringing joy and not want to. We don't want to turn over the apple cart. We just here <laughs> to love each other. Like, what's that different from any white person saying? Here's the thing. Here's the thing, Jerome, that really gets me about that whole situation. And I know that uh, I couldn't exist in this in this environment. He has to know. He is the quarter. Now, here's the deal. Maybe because his season wasn't all that good last year. And I think this is the problem because and it goes back to what we talked about all the time. It's like, you know, white people can always say, well, you know, we made you. You know, Dak Prescott, we got rid of Tony Romo so you could be the quarterback. He didn't have a good season last year, right? Ezekiel Elliott, yeah, guess what? We stepped to the plate and tried to save you when you was going through that whole nonsense with uh, with that thing. And I'm not going to say nonsense because I don't know all the details, but, but what happened in uh, at Ohio State. You know, so we provided this stuff for you guys. You owe us. And that's how they're acting. And for me, I know if I were Dak Prescott, I'm like, okay, we're going to find out. Or even if I'm Ezekiel Elliott, because Ezekiel Elliott is more important to that franchise, I think, than Zach Dak Prescott. I say, okay, we're going to find out. Because you, you pretty much dared me, saying, if I don't step out on the field, I'm not going to be a Dallas Cowboy. You know what? I don't believe it. Cut me then. Cut me. I wouldn't do it. I, I, I would say, all right. Since you feel that way, see, it's just like anything. Cause I remember when uh, uh, Jimmy Johnson, uh, when they were talking about how Jimmy Johnson was tough, and once he cut a player that was sleeping in a meeting, and they said, hey, uh, would you have done the same thing if it was Troy Eggman? He said, no. <laughs> no, no, no. He would not just say, I'd wake him up, you know. But as a player, you know, if you're number, you know, uh, the 50th man on a roster, it's easy for us to set an example to get rid of you. But, you know, dang on well, you're not going to get rid of your star. So why make stupid statement like that, and if you are one of the main people on that franchise, then you should put it to the test, okay? Cut me if you think that you're going to do this. There's no freaking way, and that's how you get power back. You don't let people hold that power over you. The resident expert, Texer, Johnny Deeds, checked in. He says, 
First, I think Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott have been influenced by their owner, Jerry Jones. However, that's understandable because every business has rules, and a company has the right to make rules and establish standards. My concern is simple. The players have had an, an entire offseason to make a difference in the lives of others. They also have had an opportunity to shape the foundation of their communities, and most cases, the same players that attempt to make this their response to social injustice have not done so. If we're going to be honest, what difference has this made? That's a perspective to take okay. a look at. And I think, what, I think what we're talking about, you got to take, you got to take action. Now, Malcolm Jenkins, uh, Jerome. Now he is out uh, there for the Eagles. Malcolm Jenkins is standing up. Oh, you know, the there's another one. Play. Huh? All of the Eagles, man, Great they don't play. The Eagles, yeah. they don't play. Their team. The yeah. owner is behind them. He's like, do what y'all need to do. Right? The Eagles uh-huh. are not. You don't really want to roll up, roll up on them because they're going to do what they're going to do. But I, I do and want what to about your team in New York? Yeah, you know, here's what the thing. What about your team in New York, the Jets? Huh? Oh, I don't know jack about them. So here's the thing. <laughs> I would hold on, before you say that, let me, let me say this, Jerome, because you need to know this. Because when this first came out, the Jets, that the owner of the Jets stepped out and said, you know what? Bump that. My players can. If my players want to take a knee, we will pay the fine. Oh yeah, they have right. the right I, to express, huh? Yes, I do remember he did say that. He okay, and his there son, you go. like the ownership partnership, said that yep. they didn't care. They would mm-hmm. pay the fine for them. See, yep. but, but here's here's why I'm saying that. Um, not in defense of uh, Prescott or any of those guys, but I want to say this. I don't expect them to have any kind of courage at all. But what I do expect them to have is some loyalty to their players' union. So their union needs to step up and cover them. Because individually, the owners are acting like bullies like everybody else who owns something. So no matter what company you work for, the guy, matter of fact, your supervisor can do this. They'll bully you, but your union needs to stand up. That's why they have a union. And although we look at the NFL as individual owners and they have the right to do what they want, the problem is is that nationally they are under our, um, the laws that govern having monopoly, monopolies, and so they can't um, band together and ban players for doing jack, or then they'll hit those federal statutes, and then that's when they get to go to court. So we just need to say that individually, yeah, the owners can stress their players, and apparently they stress Prescott. And so since I don't know what he may have, what the Cowboys did to him, because I'm sure they had been talking to him for the past year. You know, you're the leader, so you got to keep people together. You know, they try to they want to keep him in bondage, so you need to keep everybody else in bondage. So I'm sure they put a lot of pressure on that dude. So I'm I don't listen to his words. I'm not criticizing him. For that, it may just be a lot of pressure for that young man. But the issue is, is that they, the union, the players' union, union, need to step out cohesively and say, if y'all, if y'all have a problem on any of these teams, all of us are not playing. Do what the NBA did, because the NBA's players' union don't play. They need to cover yeah. those players. 
Yeah, and I was reading some comments about people saying, well, you know, the NBA don't take a knee and all this other stuff. But you know what? The NBA allows their players to to make statements, social statements, and the bottom line is even, you know, they, I mean, come on, they let them wear T-shirts and stuff to, to voice their opinion. So there's no comparison. You know, you guys talk about apples and oranges. Uh it's that's apples and oranges. The NBA is right, rock solid behind their uh, behind their players, and you know, and it was proven when they got rid of the owner in uh, L.A. And, and you know, they they knew that uh, LeBron had said, "Look, if that guy's still on the team by the weekend, none of us are playing." The NBA is uh, interactive and proactive with their players, and, and you know, but kudos also to the NFL because they're you know, uh, Malcolm Jenkins and some other players formed a, a foundation uh, to look at social injustice, and they got the NFL. To, to, to contribute $89 million towards the effort. So I don't want it to look like it's one-sided, but the bottom line is this thing with Jerry Jones is doing is ridiculous and it's unfortunate. You know, if you watch ABC uh, Nightly News, it comes on every weekday uh, for a half an hour after your local news. Uh, David Muir, which is the uh, the guy who uh, is the anchor, they do a person of the week. And, and this past week they did a person of the week of a young man that um, you probably heard the story. But I want to focus it here just in case you haven't heard the story. So now it's time for this week's edition of In Four Minutes or Less. And it's going to be a very short one because the story's not long. But thanks uh, to ABC for the story. We'll be right back after this. Finally tonight here, our person of the week, the young man who did not give up. He inspired his boss. He inspired the family he was helping. And he inspired so many of you our person of the week. You'll remember Walter Carr of Homewood, Alabama. He was getting ready to start his first day on the job, but the night before he started with that moving company, his car broke down. So Walter started walking 20 miles to get there, starting at midnight, and he made it to the home he was supposed to pack up, the Lamey family of Pelham, Alabama. It was two days later his boss at Bellhop Moving walked Walter over to a car. So, uh... This is my car. I'd like it to be your car. Yeah, it's in much better hands with you than it is with me, and I couldn't be, uh, I couldn't uh, think of uh, a better way to, to part ways with this and it's better you. And right there watching, the family he walked all night to get to. You've changed all of our lives. Walter, you have no idea how many lives you've changed and inspired. You have no idea. We've been doing America's Strong Stories for years now, but rarely do we get to see the moment they see themselves. But here was Walter watching with that family. Walter tonight on his way with help from the family he moved and from the boss he moved with his determination. Walter, an example for us all. Thanks for watching. Walter wiping his eyes. So many of you at home writing me on Facebook, Patricia writing, that is a boy with commitment above and beyond. And Walter tonight sending us a message. Hi, David. It's Walter. Thank you all for the support. I love the car. I now have to walk no more now. The boss who gave him the car, that family, and all of us. And so we choose Walter Carr. We love the car, too. But you more, Walter. You made our week. Thanks for watching. I'm David Muir. Good night.
number two. Five. Certainly, darling. Look what you did. What? You spilled. I'm sorry. It, it's just a little bit. Here you go again. Sorry, sorry, sorry. What, what can I do? You can't do anything because you can't do anything right. Kids learn a lot from their parents, including domestic violence. Stop the vicious cycle today. A man seen shooting and killing a young father will not be charged because of Florida's stand your ground law. The law allows someone to use deadly force if they fear they'll, they'll be killed or badly injured without requiring them to try to escape. The case is again fueling a debate over that law. On Friday, four U.S. Senators called on the Department of Justice to investigate. Welcome back in 347 is our call with number 347-850-1217. You're tuned to the side of the J. Ryle Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network. I wanted to spend a few minutes, though, to talk about this informative less story. You know, they left a lot of details out just to kind of give you a full perspective of what happened. Now, when this young man put in his GPS that uh, to walk 20 miles, which I thought was shocking, his GPS told him, Mr. Ellis, it would, it would take him seven hours <laughs> to get there. So he took off at around midnight, and he took a break um, halfway through. He took a break in the neighborhood, and since it was so early in the morning, the patrol officer drove by, white guy, and asked him what he was doing. And as soon as the young man started telling him what happened, he said, oh, tell me no more. Jump in the police car. So they drove him, to, drove him a little ways up the road, got him breakfast, uh, gave him some water, uh, and uh, bought him a lunch to go so he can have a lunch to eat because the young man wanted to walk. And so he started walking again, and the police department radioed to the other police department said, hey, let's get this kid to work on time. And so they took him all the way the rest of the way. Um, and when he got there, the family, which he was helping move, was white, and, and she was like, oh, my God, you want to go upstairs and, you know, and take a break? And she was like, nope, I'm ready to go to work. And uh just an inspirational story, you know, but there's so much to that. And, uh, you know, we need good news, uh, especially uh, as we begin this mm-hmm. segment, which is going to be a very difficult segment to, to talk about. But before we do it, let's uh, bring in just um, the most wonderful person in the world. Uh, just, I tell you, she's an author. She's a, you know, she's a, she's a, she's a woman of the cloth. She's an attorney. Just absolutely one of the smartest people I know and uh, just has just the ultimate radio voice. I mean, Kathleen, you know, Kathleen, she did a 24-hour marathon. Miss Delius, I'd be tuned in for the whole 24-hour segment. Just lovely pipes. Let's bring in the very lovely Miss Kathleen Williams. Good morning, Kathleen. How are you? Well, we're going to have to work that out, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Let's see this with that already. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Oh, boy. Welcome in. Thank you so much for being here. So, oh, you know, uh, as we get a chuckle in before we get into a very serious uh, topic, uh, if you hadn't heard this news, let's, uh, let's play the sound, and, uh, and then we'll have a conversation on the other side. 
Online radio at its best. I was kissing on him, trying to bring him back, but it was too late. Last week, Brittany Jacobs' boyfriend of nine years, Marquise McLaughlin, was shot and killed in front of her. The couple had parked in this handicapped spot. McLaughlin walked inside with their five-year-old son. That's when 48-year-old Michael Draca approached their car. Yeah, he's he's yelling at me, telling me, you know, I need to um, move my car and all this. He was swearing at you. Yes. McLaughlin returned and forcefully shoved Draca to the ground. McLaughlin backed up, but within four seconds, Draca pulled a gun and shot him. McLaughlin stumbled into the store and collapsed in front of his son. One day later, the sheriff's department announced Draca was protected under Florida's Stand Your Ground law and would not be charged. We will not continue to let this epidemic of being able to confront and kill unarmed black people and then say, I was just standing my ground. It was just self-defense. Draca reportedly has a history of harassing people at the store for parking in handicapped spots. Just two months ago, Richard Kelly says Draca targeted him spewing racial epithets. He went to his truck. He said, I'll just shoot you then. So I was standing back right here. I told him, I said, if you're going to shoot, shoot. Jacobs is still trying to comprehend how her children lost their father during a trip to the store. Well, I can say and tell him, you know, that he's gone to heaven. You know, that's all I pretty much could say. Online radio at its best. So it's ironic that six years after the death of Trayvon Martin, uh, that we're, we're having this conversation about staying your ground because if we all can remember, I think that's the rule or the law that freed uh, 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 Zimmerman uh, in that Trayvon Martin case. And if you go back and look at the video, uh, it's just a scenario where you have one of these, you know, we do these stories all the time, you know, living while black. Uh, you know, people do this all the time. They pull into, uh, you know, a handicapped spot just to run into a store for a second or so. And, you know, these people feel that they are, you know, citizens police, especially some of these white people, and they feel they can confront folks and say and do what they want because they've been provided cover by this administration and some of the recent actions of people who have, you know, we talked about the, the guy who refused the young lady access to her own uh, own condominium park. I mean, it's just a sad, sad commentary. And when you look at the videotape, and I encourage you guys to go out and take a look at it, it's just it's devastating. This guy fell on the ground and shot him to death. And he went home. He went home. He wasn't charged. Now, when you listen to the beginning of the story, Ms. Elias, it talked about that a person has the right to stand their ground if they feel that their life has been threatened or they're going to be faced, you know, just fatal, a fatal beating or something of that nature. When you look at the video, it wasn't anything like that. This was a man who came outside and caught this man yelling at his girlfriend up in his girlfriend's face. He pushed him and started to walk away, and this guy pulled a pistol and shot him in front of his son. He wasn't charged. Hmm. I'll tell you. I, 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 I'd like to change the name of that law to stand your ground while you white. Because it was a, I, I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago, it was a, a woman in Florida who her uh, her boyfriend, I can't remember her name, I should have looked this up, but of course I'm on my tablet this morning, it's slow. Um, she shot up in the ceiling. She didn't even shoot at and, oh yeah, that was uh, uh, that was the uh, yeah that whole thing. Yeah, the black the sister. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. We did that story here. Yeah, I think she's still in yeah, jail too. And, if I'm and not I mistaken. Mean, yeah, yes. 
Now, where's the standing ground law at, 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 in Florida on that? And she was in Florida. So what happened to that? Yeah, she, yeah, they tried to use that as a defense, and they, they tried to use that as a defense, and they were like, no. Yeah. yeah. No, no. I mean, it, it's standing your ground while you're white. That's, that's, to me, that's what that is, man. I mean, this, 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 I watched this video time and time again. I don't know why that guy felt like his life is in danger. You, you approach somebody. You're not even a police officer. You're yelling racial habitats at these people, telling them how you feel about them. And then when the man comes out and sees this, he goes to protect his family, and you shoot him. And that's justified. Wow. Yeah. Wow. yeah I'm, I'm reading some comments that are coming in now saying, you know, could have been handled a, a, a different way. You shouldn't have pushed him. You know, get out of here with that nonsense. You know, they, you know, you know let's go to Kathleen here. Come on, Kathleen. Yep. We haven't heard from her we haven't heard from her all morning. You know, people, this is what they say. You know, oh, he shouldn't have been parked in that thing in the first place. Uh, you know, he could have walked up to the man. And, you know, it's always we have to turn the other cheek when these confrontations happen. And the fact of the matter is, if that man wanted to, you know, and this is why I talked about they feel they can do what they want to do. If he, if he had a problem with that, and, you know, and, I, and look, I've said it on the show a lot of times, I have a problem with people do that as well. Call the police. I mean, if you feel that a person is doing something, they're parking illegally, if you feel a citizen is breaking the law, whatever the case, just call the police. You don't have the right to run up to somebody and yell and scream and call them all types of names. It don't expect the person to, to retaliate, Kathleen. And he pushed him on the ground and started walking away, and the guy just sat there with his legs crossed and shot him. Good thoughts. Okay, the the um, you know, <laughs> as you were speaking, I was thinking of all the things that could should have happened, and right. really the only thing that should have happened was that that gentleman was able to go in the store, buy his child some you know milk, Pampers, whatever he was going in there for, cigarettes, whatever. Yep. And he comes back out, gets in his car, and goes home to dinner. That's what should have happened. Um, you know, we can talk about, you know, okay, maybe he, sh- he could have gotten a ticket for parking the handicapped, which is what normally happens. Somebody could have taken a picture. The car, the store could have called to have his car towed, whatever. But this is not, this does not fall under stand your ground. This, is, this falls under a hate crime is what it falls under. Yep. In any normal city in this nation, this would have fallen under a hate crime because he starts. And so, and the, as the other, we said that they're, you know, calling racial slurs and so on and so forth. Um, and and that's the gentleman that started the confrontation. So just like with Trayvon Martin, because the, the, the in Trayvon Martin, that other gentleman, I can't remember his name, don't really choose to, he started the confrontation and was told to stand down by the police. So pretty much the same situation, right? I mean, if you look at it, Kathleen, yeah. it's pretty much the same yeah. situation. A citizen feels that he has the right to walk up and you know and and uh, you know and be the law. Same, pretty much the same thing. Go ahead. I'm sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to, to interrupt. That's okay. I mean, but but you know, they they start the confrontation and then stand on the stand your white ground law. So this is the you know, this, there just has to be retaliation. So I did hear in the uh, you know the commentary that uh, some United States senators senators are demanding that they review this, and they have to review it 
we know Florida has a horrible reputation of not receiving, um, not wanting to offer black people the rights that they, the, the rest of the world is entitled to, and certainly the rights of its white citizens. Um, and it it has to stop. And so the pressure. The pressure has to be continued on the United States, on this nation, really. The pressure has to be continued because, as you know, we've noticed time and time and time again, and we've said it time and time and time again, the struggle is real and it is not over. And, you know, we just cannot begin to think that, oh, because it's 2018, that. Um, you know, we can just get up and live like every other citizen in America. It, it's just not so. You know, Jerome, uh, she's right. You know, during the piece, it said that there were four U.S. citizens. I mean, four U.S. senators calling for uh, the, the state to take a look at this law, asking the Justice Department to do an investigation. Uh, let me repeat that, asking the Justice Department, the same Justice Department who have lacked some of the Obama-era uh, uh, policies that they put in place to try to put pressure and to make sure that, uh, you know, police officers on the police uh, 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 stations and polices, police stations in, uh, all over the world, all over the country, I should say, has higher scrutiny when it comes to uh, these types of shootings. That same Justice Department uh, they're asking them to do an investigation. Uh, I know the answer to this question, just but for uh, show purposes only, do you think they're going to look into this? Uh, that, that's going to. I'm going to take no for 200. Oh, by the way, before <laughs> I start, <laughs> I, and forgive me for this, Kathleen, but I want to say that I agree with the author, Minister Kathleen William R.N. Esquire, on this one. Because the thing is, that's today's titles for you. Uh, the thing that I think that we need to look at is that those victims, the guy who was shot, he was standing his ground. So I would take their yep. ass to support to, to have people understand that Trayvon stood his ground when he was approached by that fool, and this guy stood his ground when he verbally attacked his wife. So they need to actually start suing them on standing their ground because they were the victims of the aggression of someone else. They both were. So they stood their ground and yep. they died, so they should be charging the person who violated that with murder because they did stand their ground. They didn't have a right to retreat either. Trayvon didn't, and the guy who got shot didn't. They were not supposed to retreat. So, you know, I know I can't cite the case in New York State, but I know in New York State, um, under our laws, if you, even if you shot somebody who was threatening someone else, that is a legal defense in New York State. Because if there's a reasonable, um, if there's a reasonable, um, I can't think of what the word is, but if there's a reasonable thought of somebody dying or, or being killed, you can protect them with deadly force in New York State. I'll have to cite the case. I'll find it. But I know that you can do that in New York State. And you, we don't even have stand your ground. And nobody usually uses that as a defense. But it is a defense in New York State that if someone is going to cause bodily harm to someone standing next to you and you think that they're going to kill them and you use deadly force, it is perfectly legal to do. So it's still understand your ground under not having a right to retreat. He didn't have to retreat when that man attacked his wife. He, had, he was not bound to retreat. 
So I think that we need to challenge that law in court to put the stand your ground on Trayvon, to put the stand your ground on, uh, I'm sorry, I can't remember this guy's name, on him and sue civilly backwards and say he didn't have a right to retreat. And so just because he pushed him, he pushed him for threatening his wife. And they need to run that in court. And we'll Um, see how this thing plays out. And I would like to put Mr. Esprit on retainer to be my legal counsel. I'm just saying because that is a brilliant use of the law right there. I just wanted to point that out. Yes. And and, and what yeah. you said and the, with the law, um, that is the law in most states that you can use um, uh, you can use deadly force or whatever force you, usually they say whatever force seems deemed uh, reasonable yes, under the reasonable. circumstances to defend yourself or someone else you absolutely can but if you like let's say for example somebody is robbing your house you find somebody robbing your house but they run outside and they're no longer a threat to you, you can't use deadly force, you know what I'm saying? So there's so many other laws you could put together in sense in states that make sense. And I believe it's also the law in Florida. That in sense states that make sense that make it illegal for these two gentlemen in Trayvon Martin case and in this case right here to use deadly force against the people that they use deadly force against deadly force against and they cannot eliminate just they can't selectively eliminate the racial aspect of the case and use and go to stand your ground because then it really does become stand your white ground. Right. My, yeah, my and, and if you be, go back to he he had already threatened another uh African American guy uh the week prior saying I should just go to my truck and get a gun to shoot you. Go ahead, Mr. Elias. My question my question is, what what, what would have happened if if uh, the young man that came out the uh, the uh, store seen him yelling at his wife in an aggressive manner and shot him? What would he? Have, what would what would have happened then? Would they? Would that have been the ground law then? Yes. Yes. Would that would that would that have, would that, would that have worked? That's what Jerome is saying. It, you know, who, I'm, I'm who saying. Stand your ground applies to, and it yeah. applies. Yeah, to yeah but I think it, you know what. That was the but point. I think we they would twist that, that around, though, Jerome. What they would say? twist it around, Jerome, I think, because That's they'd say that, well, wait a minute, he wasn't threatening you, he was threatening his girlfriend, so if the girlfriend would have shot him, hey, I'm just saying, I like think Kathleen, they would have tried to twist that around, right? No, but just like Kathleen just said, we have that in primarily, I know we have it in New York State, but you still have other laws that protect you. So since he was threatening his wife and he had his kids there, it was a reasonable, um, he had a reasonable cause to believe that that guy was threatening his family. He can use force, whatever force he deemed necessary. So in this case, he just pushed him. But if he would have shot him, that would have been a standard ground to say he had no right to retreat when he was actually going after his family. That was reasonable. They need to test it in court because you won't get any changes that stand your ground as long as they keep protecting white folks. But once you use it and you run it through the system, they won't the way courts rule, the way judges rule, is they can they will not do something that's already been litigated on. You just have to be able to cite the right cases. I mean, you can right, Kathleen. As long as you can cite the case, that's the correct. judge won't go against it. So you need to cite a case where that where they ruled in favor of somebody coming to the defense of someone else, and just apply it to this case. 
I'm not saying that the law is easy and it's easy to be an attorney, but, you know, you really need to understand that we're not applying the law towards ourselves. We can't look at it as victims. We are, we are victims in that situation because the DA, as prosecutors, won't apply the law in our favor. But you need to aggressively Johnny Cochran that piece and say, look, we know the law too, so this is how we're going to apply it. This is how Thurgood Marshall did. You need to apply the laws that exist for our benefit. And everybody does not have the courage to do that, and somebody needs to stand up and do it. Yes. Yeah. That's, yes go yes, ahead, yes. Kathleen. And the, and the other thing that, um, you know, this is, this is actually groundbreaking right here because I do not believe in um, Trayvon Martin's case they did that. And so just like you're saying, they can, it's not, they can bring, I don't know if it's too late for them to bring a civil action because I know that this is what, did we just pass four years? Or was it seven with Trayvon Martin? Um, I think it's, it's going to be six. I think it's six. five. Six. Six. Okay. Yeah. So um, I don't know if it's too late to bring a civil action at this point. Um, the homeowners association settled. Against him. Huh? Yeah, the homeowners association settled for them for about a million dollars or so because because of their insurance. So they settled with the family. I don't think they didn't bring charges the against. Yes, this is in Florida. The homeowners association for where they lived did settle with the family. No, I said they brought an action against the state of Florida. No, they should bring the action against the state of Florida. Mm-hmm. Because, because yeah. and, and by the way, Jay, what Kathleen and I are yeah. doing, why you have a legal defense team, because you would think that attorney, no one attorney knows all of this stuff. And so once you put it together, you need to have paralegals and people to research this stuff to be able to put together a defense or even a prosecution. So sometimes nobody thinks of this stuff. But like Kathleen yeah. said, this is a, this is an angle that we don't, I don't think that they even tried. No, I don't think so. It, and it's groundbreaking. And it's crazy, and I don't believe It's crazy. It, yeah, ahead, I, I, it's, ground, it's groundbreaking. And um, I, I want to say something to you as well, because I am, when I get off the phone, I, Jerome, I am going to hit you up, and we want to put this together and put it out there um, so that, that if uh, we can look at who the lawyers are for in this particular case and see whether or not they have gone this, gone this route. And if not, they should. Um, but I don't live in Florida, so the laws, of course, are different. I didn't take the bar there, so I can't profess to knowing the nuances in the law there. But I am a black woman, and I do know racism. <laughs> you know, and I also, we live in yeah. a world where we do know hate crimes. So, and we know what yep. usually rises to the level of a hate crime. And the first thing they look for is the use of a racial slur. So they ignored it in the Trayvon Martin case because I believe that, uh, whatever his yeah. name is, you know, George they, they said that, thank you. Um, I believe they said that Zimmerman used the racial slur as well. And he used it when he called the police to say that there was some whatever walking through their neighborhood. So they were well aware. And I think Zimmerman also had a history uh, with um, uh, racial, you know, using racial uh, slurs against people right. and so on and so forth. So, yeah. um, but they're what I'm saying to you, by the Jay, way. Huh? I'm sorry. Attorney, I think they're using the same attorney as Trayvon Martin. 
Okay, yeah, so yeah, across the uh, Yeah, we need to get We need to start walking to Florida and, um, and don't accept a ride and tell them, listen, this is ridiculous. This has got to stop. But what I wanted to say to right. you, Jay, is that you have yeah. on your show right now, right? Because we, everybody gets up in the morning and watches Meet the Press and, you know, all these other Sunday morning shows. But what you have right here on your show with all of the panelists that you have on your show is a news program that should be featured on ABC just like all the others. So this is a program. This show, the, uh, the, the serious side, is worthy of way more recognition that it, um, you know, of course you get a lot right now, but I think this, we need to, we need to move to up-level the serious side because there is no other show like this. And you have the experts. It's not like we're just, you know, whistling Dixie over here. Um, you have the experts on your program, all of us, that uh, warrant this. So I think it's our responsibility to make sure that this show, the voices on this show are heard because this commentary is not heard anywhere else and it has to be because all people are hearing are the nonsense that Florida's putting forth and he gets to stand his ground and they just say, go to bed and say, oh, that's a shame and, and keep moving. And it shouldn't be. So this, the serious side, is a real, you know, I'm giving you the Emmy or whatever radio shows get. Wow. <laughs> Well, you thank know, you so much, and I and I'm gonna I'm gonna agree, I'm gonna agree and disagree with something you said. I, I agree with your comments about the serious side. I think that that's important. I think we have to put that message out there. But I disagree with it's my show. It's our show, and it's always been our show. And I always look at it uh, that way. So I appreciate the kind, kind comments. And uh, uh, just real quick for housekeeping purposes. Uh, we're going to step out and take a real quick break. Uh, but also just want to make sure that we put the guy's name out there, Marquise McLaughlin. Uh, that was a young man who was shot and killed uh, in an unfortunate situation. Oh, boy, wow, what a show. All right, coming up next, we're going to ask the question, all the comments and things that we talk, things we talk about, do we have the right to hate America? Can we be mad and hate this country in which we reside? The serious side continues after a short break. When I was diagnosed with breast cancer, both of my daughters were pregnant, and everything I was looking forward to turned into everything I was going to miss. First words, first steps, being there for my grandchildren, for my daughters. Today, those babies are three. I'm with them all the time. I don't know what's next, but I know I'm here today. My name is Alanthea Pena. And I'm Susan G. Coleman.
talking no, no, to God. No, no, that's what you said. That's what you said. You said that it was shouldn't be here end up murdering the children of American citizens. You know what's horrible? When the President of the United States whips up people to beat the hell out of people. No. Say goodbye. As a member of the White House press pool, Fox stands firmly with CNN on this issue of access. So far, no response from the White House. But you had many people in that group other than neo-Nazis and white nationalists, okay? The president combative and defiant, unleashing and unscripted. I think there's blame on both sides, and I have no doubt about it, and you don't have any doubt about it either. Go back to Mexico. Why? If you can't follow the store rules. Why? It's not your store. You're scum. Is it your store? You're the scum. I'm not dumb. You're the one who's dumb. Saying that to me. Who do you think you are? Well, first of all, you said uh, don't tell your kids. Talk to me. Exactly. Don't tell the kids nothing, okay? If you see the mother, tell the mother, not the kids, okay? It all started with a game of pool. Marlon Baker says he and his friend Lisa were in Bayview, Idaho last Sunday to see the fireworks. Baker says a man named Darren Abbey, an admitted white supremacist, started calling him racial slurs and told him to leave town or he would stab him. I had to take my... So Baker left the bar but says Abby followed, harassing him. Then Baker says Abby allegedly jumped toward him. He did a motion like he was going to do something. So he says he acted fast and punched Abby right in the face, knocking him out. This is straight right hand. <laughs> That's all it was. I never would have wittingly called any black person a say they are a monkey. From Roseanne to people just confronting average everyday Americans for being who they are, that's the state of America. Welcome back in. 347-850-12724. We are behind, so this is going to be somewhat of a short segment, but as we do always, we want to introduce everyone that's in the house. Let's say good morning to the very lovely Miss Kathleen Williams. Miss Kathleen Williams, good morning. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great this morning. Thank you. How is everybody? The smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome, is freezing in the house. Good morning, Jerome. Hey, good morning. The man who gets the first and last word here on the serious side, the one only, Mr. L.E.S. Good morning, Mr. L.E.S. How are you? Good morning, good morning, everyone. Mr. L.E.S., can we say hello to some people in the chat room? Uh... I can't get in the chat room. Oh, well, you probably have computer issues. Then. Okay, hello, chat room. <laughs> we know you're out there. <laughs> hello, hello. We forgot about that. A lot of people listening online, as always, on various social media websites. We appreciate those sites that tap in and carry the show live. Oh, man, just a lot of folks. Mike, Jeff, uh, Cynthia, uh, Fred, Beverly, James, the pastors in the house, as always, Mariana Music. Jerome's girlfriend's in the house, Sydney, Bruce, just so many people checking in. Thank you so much for listening. It's time to bring in our director of social media outreach, the one and only Jackie is in the house. Good morning, Jackie. How are you? I'm Good doing morning, great. How, I'm doing great. How is everyone doing? Doing great. What's going on? Well, what do you have for us this morning? Okay. Just want to, as always, remind everyone out there, if you want to keep up with the TJRS Radio Network, definitely check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 
Of course, all three pages have the same ending handle, facebook.com slash groups, twitter.com, instagram.com slash TJRS radio. And of course, if you want to email us about anything, definitely email us at seriousside at outlook.com and just continue to keep in mind TJRS Radio Network ninth anniversary coming up next month. Like I said, if you have any well wishes for everyone at the TJRS Radio Network, would love to hear from you via social media, via email. So contact us and let us know how much you love the network, okay? Okay, thank you so much for what you do. Our resident expert texter, Johnny D, the official show Texas, checked in on the standing ground. He said, look, this is a clear example of an outdated law being misused by predators. A Caucasian citizen provoked the entire scenario in which he was trained and prepared. The fact that the husband protected his wife is what I and any real man would do in this case. Unfortunately, he was murdered. I would submit after the initial push, the African-American husband presented no threat and appeared to be retreating towards his wife. While this murder, in all caps, was captured on social media and the decision of local law enforcement to not file charges in the real is the real injustice. This is when we need to influence of the community, this is when we need the influence of the community activists and legal scholars to employ the history and laws appropriately. We no longer need millionaires taking knees during national anthems. We need action, and action is monetary influence in which these millionaires can provide to balance the scales of justice. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. You heard the lead-in uh, to this segment, and like I said, it's going to be an abbreviated segment because we had such a just an important show, I think, this morning to discuss some of the things that have been going on. Uh, do we have the right as African Americans? Because of what we've been seeing in America, to say, I hate the United States of America. I hate my country for the way they treat our people. Let me start with you, Ms. Elias. If a person said that, well, I'm going to put you on the spot. If a person said that, do we go after them and say, "Uh uh-uh, you're not an American? And let me ask you, how do you feel about this country in which we call home. Well, bottom line is I think we got to hate the actions of Americans, not America. Okay. The, the, well said. the Americans, because the actions of Americans are, are, are what's just what is, is what's really tearing us apart, and, and and some of the laws in America that are tearing us apart. So I, I think it, it was it, it's not America per, per se, but it's the actions of Americans. Because these, these these people are uh are man, just I, I thought about we were talking about we we haven't talked about the woman in Oakland who was stabbed at at the train station yep. by a white supremacist. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're we we're, we're going down these roads where we're watching people, you know, they always talk about put yourself up by your bootstrap, but if if you see a, a, a somebody selling water on the street, you're calling the police on them. Or if you if you see Somebody, you know, doing something that just sitting in their car, you know, on the street, just taking a break, you call the police on them. These are the actions of the Americans that are just so disgusting to me that it's unreal. And you won't even let 
some of these people going to their own apartments or their homes. I remember when we had this conversation years ago when I thought to myself when we were talking about when, when President Obama had the beer summit with the professor who cussed these people, who went off on the police because he was going in his own home because his neighbors didn't recognize him. And he got arrested for going into his own home because he was being belligerent with the police. I think a passerby called the police, Mr. Elias. I just want to make sure the record. I think a person that was driving by called the police. I just want to make sure the record reflects. No, it was his neighbor. What actually happened? I could swear it was his neighbor. I thought it was his neighbor called the police. Well, you may be right. I thought it was a passerby. We'll 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 get the we'll get the uh, we'll get the the the, we'll get it. But go ahead. I'm sorry. But this is these are the actions of Americans that that are so disgusting. And, and and for somebody to sit there and say there's no white, there's no this, and you know, and I've saw I've saw all kind of stuff on YouTube where they said there's no there's no white privilege, there's no such thing as white privilege. Bull, there's a lot of white privilege out here. You know, Jerome, same question for you, sir. Uh, as a citizen of this country, Mr. Elias said it's Americans. Uh, we should have the issue with, but you know, uh, it, a country is made up of its people. So I guess the original question goes back to you. Uh, you know, if an African American person came out and said, "Look, I hate this country for the way they treat us. I hate this country for how the injustices are so blatant. How people are allowed to shoot and kill our people, uh, and nothing happens to them in a lot of cases. Are are they are allowed to confront our people as if, you know?" We are slaves, and they are white slave owners, and they have the the right to question us as we live our lives. You know, like they say, living while black. If a person says they hate this country, you know, do we condemn them for that? And then I guess the question for you: How do you feel about this country? Uh, thanks for the loaded question, there, Jay. And I'm going to decline the second <laughs> part. But here's what I am going to say. I choose to do whatever it is that I choose to do. 
But we need to actually be smarter. And, you know, even like the Palestinians, you know, we have to throw rocks at tanks sometimes so, so people can live, listen. But that does not mean that we don't love our people and we don't love our communities and we don't love our families. We know that the laws are unjust and we need to do something about it. Well said. Kathleen, uh, same uh, question. Same, same question. I just told you not to ask her that. No, I'm just joking. Go ahead, Kathleen. My bad. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to defer to the senator on my right. You're going to concede your time to the senator <laughs> from the great state of New York. Okay, got it. <laughs> but when we, but when we oh look at this... What, it, I would like to, what I'd like to say, though, is that um, I remember when Michelle Obama said that I, you know, it, I finally feel proud to yep. be an American and the attack that she took when she said that. But I'll just sure tell is. you that as, 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 in, as an individual, as a United States citizen, I was born in this country. I was not born in Kenya uh, or Jamaica or any other place that people think I may have come from. I do have my birth certificate. And um, <laughs> what what I, I remember when she said that, and I remember understanding what she meant. And I'll also tell you that when President Barack Hussein Obama was elected president, I started looking online for a flag that I could put on my front porch, and I've never, never, ever flown a flag before. I also went wow. to visit the White House while President Obama was in office. I went to December before he left office. Wow. And I purchased um, some souvenirs from the White House. And um, I was, I actually had flags in my home at that time. I had never, we had, ne- we had the picture, we had the traditional picture of Dr. Martin Luther King, the little plate that was on the wall that my mom had, <laughs> the picture of Dr. Kennedy, right? And then, of course, I'm growing up younger, so I had the traditional picture of um uh, JFK. Malcolm, X, Malcolm X with his uh-huh. finger on his chin the thinker poster I had those and then of course now we add to it President Obama now I was all sold out with my regalia and my souvenirs and everything else and since that time I just want you to know on July 4th I went to TD Bank I think it was I walked in there for something and they handed me a lapel pin of the American flag, and I'm like, I don't even know what to do with this. So I'm not going to directly answer your question, but I'm just going to give okay. you, the, you know, that little um, history, if you will, or that little vignette to let you know that this is the kind of thing that at least African Americans, some of us, have gone through with regards to our feeling about how the country treats us how the country treats us, not how we feel about the country, but how the country treats us and what we see. But just like anything else, if you are in a marriage, right, you can't hate yourself when they start acting a fool. It's unconditional. So you just have to kind of work with it to the extent that you can work with it. And if it gets to that crazy point, then you have to do what California is trying to do to see well, you know, uh, that's good. I like the way you guys have uh, – I like the way you've done it. Uh, what about you, uh, Jackie, since you're here? Let's get your comments on this. I mean, same questions for you. I mean, if someone – based on how we're being treated in this country, if someone says, look, 
you know, I'm an American, but I hate this country because I hate anyone who tries to bring harm on me and my family. And the racial injustice that is blatant in this country makes me really, I am not proud to be an American at this moment. And uh, what are your thoughts on And let me, wait one second, Jackie, before you answer. For anybody listening right now, anyone listening, Jay was not saying that about himself. He was saying that hypothetically about someone who is saying <laughs> Thank you. that about Thank how you. they feel about the country. That was not Jay saying about himself, Jackie. Go ahead. Thank you. Because you know they'll do that in a minute. Thank you so much, yeah. Kathleen. That's why I love you so much. All right, Jackie, floor is yours. Uh, it's just times like this. Is it? Of course, is America perfect? No. But see, it's times like this. I I gotta remember there's a God, and also remember that race. Right? You know, racism is taught. It's a learned behavior. It's taught, and I can't help what you said racism people is a learn. Okay, I got it. Okay, all right. Ta- taught, taught. It's yeah. taught. You know, upon generation, upon generation, upon generation, it's being taught. Yeah. And I can't and be bringing that hate into my heart because of what people are taught to think about me. Okay. Wow. That's, I can't uh, do it. That's good stuff. Is America perfect? Well, you know, no. Is, is yeah. crazy things going on in America? Yeah. That's obvious. But I can't let it seep into my heart and get me feeling a certain way. So so you're practicing the Michelle Obama uh, uh, approach. When they go low, we go high, basically. Yeah, that's good. I mean, that's good. And, and, and let me and hear, and hear my I'm comments actually, that's on this. Not what um, she's saying. I think what I think what Jackie is saying oh, is that, that we live. No, I think she's what she's saying is that we live in a kingdom, right? They want to say that this, you know you live in a nation, you live in the world, or whatever. And, it, and and people of faith are saying no, we live in a kingdom with a king who is on high and oversees everything, and everything is under his control. And if we are members of the kingdom then we have nothing to fear because at the end of the day, we will always be protected so we don't have to fear and we don't have to hate the country or anything else because we know that that, uh, victory is ours. Wow. Okay. There you go. There you go. I received that. We got the pastor. I received that. We got the pastor. We got the attorney. I mean, we got the whole. We got the whole gamut of Kathleen this morning. You saw everything in full action. <laughs> All right. So here, my comments on it real quick because I definitely want to make sure we get enough time for Jerome. I, I'll say this: I, I won't fault a person if they come out and say that they hate this country because of what it does and what what it continues to do to our people. I can't look at them anymore and say, you know what, you shouldn't say that. Because every day you see this stuff happening on the news. Every day, you know, you saw the video of the white cop who, on her way to another emergency, a man had car trouble. Car trouble. He ends up dying. 
You know, I've been a victim of this stuff before. You've heard those stories, the stories I told her. My brother, my younger brother, was in a situation where he could have gotten killed because he was in a parking lot and he had his hood up in his car. And all of a sudden, because they have been taught to be scared of the black man, anytime they confront an unknown African American, it's automatically antennas up. We got to be on our guards. So I can't get upset anymore if someone says that. You know, my personal opinion about America, it's the greatest country on the face of this planet. But we have some of the dumbest citizens in the world. And the reason why I say that is because of who sits at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. People are not in tune. They don't take this stuff serious. And when you vote, when you do certain things, it has an effect on everybody. Like we talk about, yeah, people voted for their pocketbooks, rich people wanted Trump in office. But the trade-off, where are your moral standards when you know who this guy is? Preachers, conservative pastors who, 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 who have supported this man because of the fact that, oh, he's going to get conservative. I mean, you're going to sell your soul. Is that equivalent to selling your soul to the devil? I mean, you preach every week about this. You're selling your soul because you can get what you want. Man, there is something terribly wrong with that picture. And that's one of the reasons why I can't look at people anymore saying, you know what, if you say you hate America, then guess what? You have every right in the world to say that. All right, uh, our resident Texas checked in. He says, look, this country was founded on the premises of inequality when the Caucasians during the Revolutionary War era fought against England. Wait a minute, hold on. It's coming in. Oh, boy, it's coming in. I tell you what, give me a second to go through because sometimes when the Texans come in, they come in out of order. So let me try to get them in order, and I'll read it during the chatterbox section of the show because I don't want I want to make sure that I get the message out here. Okay, uh, look, folks, it has been a wonderful show this morning. But you know what? It's not over, even though the conversational piece is over. We have a lot more. Coming up, Chatterbox, uh, we also have on a need-to-know basis. So sit back, relax. Uh, we have more to come. Still about 25 minutes left. You listen to the serious side of the J. Ross Show. We'll be right back after this. Don't go nowhere. Today, about one in five Americans is living with a disability. Over 50 million people, including many of our friends and neighbors, teachers and coworkers, heroes and leaders. 20 years ago, the Americans with Disabilities Act guaranteed every person the right to live, work, and participate fully in the American experience. We've come a long way since then, and we are committed to making even more progress in the years ahead. Visit disability.gov to see how you can help. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Giles Snyder. Democratic Congressman and civil rights icon John Lewis is expected to be discharged from a hospital today. His spokesman is being quoted in several media reports as saying he was admitted for routine observation. Lewis was expected to speak at an event in Atlanta yesterday. Local media say he fell ill on the flight there. The Tour de France wraps up today when riders cross the finish line on the Champs-Élysées in Paris. The final leg, mostly ceremonial. Jake Sigandero is in Paris. He reports that the Welsh cyclist Garrett Thomas will be crowned the champion of this year's race. It's a first-time win for Garrett Thomas and a first Tour de France victory for a Welshman. 
Thomas has never ranked higher than 15th in a Grand Tour, so his surge to the top is a bit of a surprise. He didn't even start the race as a leader for his British team Sky, but yesterday's penultimate leg in the Basque Country sealed the win for the 32-year-old cyclist. He has surmounted obstacles along the 2,200-mile route, including rowdy fans, angry farmers blocking roads, and police breaking up protests with tear gas. Dutchman Tom de Moulin will finish in second. For NPR News, I'm Jake Saganero in Paris. Today is NASA's 60th anniversary. President Eisenhower signed the National Aeronautics and Space Act on this day in 1958. Four years later, President Kennedy called for NASA's famous mission to the moon, which was accomplished seven years later in July 1969. I'm Giles Snyder, NPR News from Washington. Or call for help. Only you can save them. I'm James Cromwell. Please join with me and Peter, people for the ethical treatment of animals, to help put an end to animal abuse worldwide. For just $19 a month, you can immediately help save animals who are in danger right now. Peter has already stopped the suffering of countless individual animals. And no organization is more successful in exposing cruelty to animals than Peter. Call or go online now and you'll receive a one-year subscription to Animal Times magazine, plus you'll also receive this handy reusable shopping bag and an informative guide to animal-friendly products. Don't let them suffer another minute. Please call or go online now. All right, folks, welcome back. 347-850-1272. It is time for Chatterbox. Final thoughts from the chat room and from social media. Now, before we get into this, I have to say that uh, St. Clinton has been in the chat room, and I can't get in the chat room. Mr. Elias, you can't get in the chat room. So I'm pretty sure there are comments in there from both St. Clinton and from uh, Kavina, man. So we apologize, guys. We just can't get in it uh, to see him. So I'm sorry. So anyway, uh, but I do have some comments here, and I was able to decipher what uh, the resident texter was saying because sometimes when texts come in, they come in out of order. I don't know why, but they do. All right, so what he said was this country was founded on the premises of inequality when the Caucasians during the Revolutionary War era fought against England. It was due to being oppressed. However, the same principles in which America was founded has yet to be integrated into the fabric of today's what's it today's device society. Okay? Says, uh, nevertheless, the fact there has never been a prophet to walk the soils of the Western Hemisphere speak. Uh, we are I'm sorry, did, what, uh, I'm, I'm here. Okay, here and we are here, and we have been there for 450 plus years, and we have to make our mark regardless. Uh, let me get out here to Pastor Stephen Jones. He said, "I cannot agree more with Mrs. Williams' remarks. You guys are doing what we, you guys are doing what you all are supposed to do. It is up to all of our. It's up. Okay, let me go back. You guys are doing what you're supposed to do. It is up to all of your listeners to demand that the serious eyes has more of a national presence. Okay, this show right." This show right here is the reason why I listen. I'm proud to say that I'm a faithful listener. I'm serious. I would thank you, Pastor. Darren from Atlanta, Georgia. This show is classic serious side. 
And I would know, I have been a faithful listener from the days of Rob Smoove and GOG, the original host of the serious side. Oh, my goodness, look at that. Are you serious? He is right, the original three. He's, okay, let me go on. He says, uh, I usually do not comment, but I felt compelled to weigh in after Kathleen's comments. A lot of my friends listen to this show, but I would like to see you guys on Sirius XM Radio. Well, you know what, man? You're not the only one that would like to see us on Sirius XM Radio. And, of course, like Jackie always says, you can reach out to us during the week if you have comments. You can go to any of those social media sites that are out there. You can go to the ones that we monitor on a regular basis uh, during the week. I'm going to try to do a better job of, uh, you know, taking comments from the week and trying to read those during the next show because I know you guys want to be heard. So, you know, I need to step up my game on that. All right, folks, thank you so much. That was Chatterbox, but you know what time it is. Five, four, three, two, the first lady dazzles on election night in a... Tell me, what do you want me to do? Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. All right, folks, it is time for my favorite part of the show, On a Need to Know Basis, with our main man, Jerome Spree. Man, what's going on, sir, this morning? All right, you know, first I want to shout out Mariana Music. You know, I know Jay makes uh, comments about <laughs> her in this, but... She's the muse for this segment. We would not be doing this segment if it wasn't for her comments of wanting to that get it That is true. Because I would uh, not have done this segment. So I just want to uh, say that. That is true. Yeah, I'll you say, are true. Although, Jay is hel- uh, although he's hurt, he's uh, hating <laughs> on her, it is because of her that we do this segment. So shout out to Mariana. <laughs> Look at you. You're a sorry dude, man. Go oh, ahead. Hey, you go. Your self. <laughs> Wait a minute. Calling an estimated 
um, million units of goldfish crackers in various flavors for salmonella concerns. Goldfish Damn. crackers are being recalled. I don't know. Something's wrong when we keep getting salmonella, um, E. coli yes. stuff. People, people ain't washing their hands. Yeah. are nasty. Well, you know what? I, this is ice cream this week. Yeah, it was ice cream. Kathleen, you were saying? Yeah, I was going to say, you know, a lot of times when we, you think about the conditions in which the food is made in the factories or whatever, you know, you have to think about it. Like, are people going to the bathroom, really? They are. Uh, and are they going to the bathroom near where they are? They have to get back on the line in a certain period of time. Are they washing their hands? Do they even have water? To wash their hands, right? And I'm just not even going to conditions in the farms. There's, you know, ladies' rooms I go in and I hear the toilet flushing and the door slam. So I know people don't wash their hands. So when you, <laughs> you are, yeah. you, and you have to be very cautious about what we eat nowadays because it's from everything. It's in the vegetables and so on and so forth. So you just really have to pray over your food. And, um, you know, if you need a typical prayer, hit me up offline and we'll send you to this. <laughs> hey, I, think, I think we need to take a moment of silence for everybody's food in a minute. <laughs> the, a columnist uh, for Salt Lake, um, Salt Lake Tribune urged U.S. Ambassador to Russia John Hudson to resign in an op-ed. Now, get this. The Salt Lake Tribune. Um, is owned by Huntsman's brother. <laughs> like they were like, get out and run. Wow. John Huntsman <laughs> need to resign. <laughs> need to resign. That's really? bad when your family are calling you out through the paper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, don't, mm-hmm. I don't know if he's listening. All right. So <laughs> r- rising temperatures are linked to the increase of the rate of suicide, according to a new study. And the researchers warned that the impact of climate change on suicides may be significant um, because of the economic recession, which um, is known to increase rates of self-harm is what they're saying. So the links between mental health and global warming have, have not been widely researched, but the new work analyzed temperatures and suicide rates across the U.S. and Mexico in recent decades. It found that the rate of suicide rose in the United States by 0.7 and Mexico by 2.1 when the average monthly temperature rose above 1 degree Celsius. So I know that doesn't seem like a lot, but numerically that is huge. So suicide alone causes more deaths globally than all forms of violence combined and is among the top 10 to 15 causes of death globally. Suicide is. Mm. Yeah. So, wanted to make sure we put that story out there. Now, you know, a court found this week that Trump can be sued um, to find out what money he has in his D.C. hotel and what they're getting from foreign governments. And, um, you know, a judge ruled that he has given a go-ahead to the emoluments clause case um so this happened in maryland but he did rule against trump um and they get to look at his finances i know they're going to appeal this but you know what happens when they try to find out that he's gonna he's gonna fight this but we most people think that Mueller has all his financial information anyway but there's about 
it's about to go public in a hurry and get leaked once this court, um, once they subpoena his records. Because they can for the hotel if they go for this emoluments clause, which means when you're president, you cannot make money as president. And foreign governments mm. have been, you know, coming to his hotel and paying him on the back end to make him richer as he's president. Wow. Yeah, every time I think about this case, it reminds me of Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter. You know, he sold his peanut farm when he was president. Because, yeah, he didn't want to have that issue. Yeah, he didn't even want it to look bad. Like, I don't know, I mean, I like Reese's Cups and stuff, but I don't think peanut farmers, like, are rolling in loot <laughs> like that. But I'm just saying. I, I wasn't going to really? be overnight at a peanut farm. to be like, look, how much it costs to be a member of the peanut farm? I don't think we get money like that. He walked away from that. Peanut farm anyway. Okay. <laughs> I, haven't heard, I never heard of one before, and I haven't heard of one since. But I do know that black folks will work in peanut farms. I do know that. So I think I need to talk to Mr. Carter about that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, they're back. <laughs> okay. Now, um, you know, the newest Lakers superstar, um, that would be LeBron James, you know, he signed a deal with HBO this week to broadcast his barbershop talk with special guests John Stewart, Snoop Dogg, and um, Giants right receiver Odell Beckham Jr. So LeBron, you know, as we know, he inked his $154 million contract with the Lakers um, earlier in the month, and he has a new barbershop-style talk show that is on his website called... um, Uninterrupted, and now it's going to be on HBO. That's why. That's why when you ask him a question in his press conference, he says, "Bite me." <laughs> like that's why he's not totally relied on the NBA for his income at some point. So, I that was my um, shout out to the Prescott kid at Dallas. Do something else other than football, boy. You won't be. Uh, <laughs> you won't be held contempt by your owner. Will be held contempt by him. Now, um, rare documents written by both Malcolm X and author Alex Haley have been sold at auction, including an unpublished missing section of his book. So the Schlomberg Center for Research and Black Culture has bought the original manuscript for the autobiography of of Malcolm X. Now, the thing is, they sold... Now, it's a 241-page draft for an undisclosed sum, along with an unpublished manuscript of the third tra- chapter titled The Negro for four, for $7,000. So here's the thing. When they found the original work of what Alex, Alex Haley notes was in Malcolm's notes, you, they, there's an undisclosed editor that tried to change Malcolm's words because Malcolm, uh, they tried to soften up his words. So Malcolm's mother had um, suffered from a nervous breakdown. And so he he wrote um, about the judge who placed them in foster care. He said, a white man in charge of a black man's children is nothing but legal modern slavery. So the editor wrote, however kindly intentioned. Like they tried to soften the fact that Malcolm was like, that's just damn slavery. <laughs> so... 
That's what it is. So, so the next time you read the autobiography of Malcolm X, just remember people were editing it so, so that white folks can read it. Because <laughs> I don't think he was that nice. Wow. That's all I'm saying. The original autobiography, the classic original autobiography, was published in 1964, by the way, if you need to know. All right. Now, Chase Bank admitted that they failed to uh, accept a wrongfully convicted black prisoner um, his $170,000 compensation check. They would not accept his check after he served 23 years in prison, but denied that they turned him away twice because he tried to cast his check. So Daryl Fulton, who was exonerated from yeah. rape in a murder conviction last year, claims that Chase Bank in Chicago turned him away twice when he tried to deposit um, this um, $170,000 compensation check. It was like, you can't you have that kind Chase? of money. You said it's Chase Bank? Yep, Chase. Yeah. Chase well, Bank, said, yes. Okay, and, and and while we know how wrong that is, we're going to say thank God, because had they cast it, they would have probably taken 30% of it. In right. Whatever. You know, so, for, yeah. So, I'm, yeah. Hey, uh, if you need a bank, call me. Uh, hit me up on the, the PDRA radio network. Yeah. <laughs> Don't even worry about it. When somebody turns you away with a check like that, you say thank God and keep it moving. Yeah, that's right. And, and we and take it up thing. on social media. Here's the thing. I think Chase has a policy that if you don't have an account, that they charge you some really crazy fee. Um, yes, they yeah. do. And then they do a background check on you in order for you to get an account at Chase. So likely with his history, he might not have gotten an account there anyway. And who turns away somebody with a $170,000 check? They're like, oh, would you like to open an account, sir? Uh <laughs> No, you know what they did? They would have opened his account and then said it's fraud and would have tried to keep his money. <laughs> like, that's how, yep. that's how that goes. I'm going to report to, well, anyway, okay, we could go on with this for hours, right? Oh, my bad. Okay. Um, Georgia, <laughs> Southern, <laughs> a Georgia Southern University um, student is facing official sanctions from her school after texting the N-word to her black roommate, but is animate that it was an autocorrect error. So this Courtney uh, Schaefer said she accidentally texted her future roommate the N-word, but she met the right triggerish to her roommate, and it came right, out the N-word. Yep. <laughs> like, I'm like, who used yep, that word? Yeah, that's what she meant to do. I believe and that even, one, yeah. And even though yeah. I said I would, why would Russia do that? What I really meant to say was why wouldn't Russia do that? Yes, yes. Yeah. Trump example. Yeah, yeah. I would. <laughs> I would not have said triggerous, even though autocorrect <laughs> is the N-word. Because <laughs> you know, they correct everything to the N-word. It's like African-Americans, like, nope, N-word. <laughs> How autocorrect usually works. <laughs> and, and whatever, whoever it was, cereal, whatever, needs to make a statement, just like the pharmaceutical company said, we don't know any instances where our sleep medication causes racial hatred. <laughs> oh, that's right. Hmm. That's right. You can't just take this to make your raises. Who is that? Roseanne, right? She said she took something. Yeah. And it was Roseanne. Yes. And I think it was. Yes. Ambien <laughs> said it does not cause you to be racist. All right. Um, you know, uh, Academy, the, um, I guess, Movie Academy president, Cheryl Boone Isaac, and music producer Quincy Jones are teaming up to bring a documentary called um, American Film 
the black experience that will focus on the untold story of African Americans in Hollywood. Now, I don't know how whitewash this thing is going to be, but I want them to tell Lena Horne and um, what is, um, Josephine Baker. I need them to tell the truth mm. about those stories and why she left the country. But I'm sure, you know, I mean, we, there's you a lot of No, that's not going to happen no time soon. That is not going to happen, especially because she runs the, uh, the, the, um, the academy. So it's yep. going to be as light as possible. And who is doing this? This is the president of the um, the Motion Picture Academy, Cheryl Boone's Isaac and Quincy Jones. Quincy Jones, okay. Yeah. Yeah, the guy with no I, filter. Yeah. I rest. I rest. I'm not going yeah. to go in on Quincy this morning. We only got a couple minutes. Go ahead, man. Okay, good. Uh, yeah, yeah, because I, I was just thinking the same thing. I wouldn't be able to, um, wouldn't be able to focus. Now, follow, the following upcoming. Uh, Movies like um, TV shows have diverse reboots. Um, Charmed, if you don't remember that movie, Charmed, the Charmed ones, Charmed and Roswell. Um, and the next is a WB series that's a new incarceration of Buck the Vampire Slayer. They are having mm. producers are looking for a black actress to star in that role. Hopefully, they won't call her Buffy though. But don't we're not gonna <laughs> we're not gonna guess names because Kathleen's gonna kill us. <laughs> I'm just and gonna hope, tell you and right hopefully now. they won't call you. her Stacy Dance either. Stacy <laughs> <laughs> the no, that's still kill, close. kill you. We ain't gonna get involved. No, like, I'm hopefully they don't, call, they don't call Stacy Dance oh, for that no. one. That's what I'm just saying. I don't know who they're gonna get for that role. Uh, isn't Bu- well, isn't Buffy, right. Buffy the Vampire Slayer and all these other things? You know, I don't know. We'll have to see. Yeah. Well, the, one of the producers who is black saying that it's just another Slayer. It's not. They're not going to actually replace Buffy. So it's not going to be her role. It's going to be a new Slayer, but she's going to be black is what the, the producer said. And I can't believe Jay just opted out on us. Did you hear that, Elias? He was like, that's just y'all. Oh, yeah, of course. Come on, it's you two. Of course I'm going to opt out of you two, you two rats. I don't like neither one of you. All right, Jerome, we have time for one more story, Jerome. One more story. Cowboys. I just joking, Dad. You was like, I'm with y'all. But I'm not with y'all until y'all come up with a new plan. Oh, no, you oh, didn't. Oh, my bad. My <laughs> bad. <laughs> you know what? Oh, man. We okay, have time for one more story there, Benedict Arnold. <laughs> All right. Fine. All right. So, um, in, in LES news, Canadian startups create the world's first beer blue, brewed out of cannabis. So, for your glaucoma, mm. uh, it's going to be a beer alternative. <laughs> I mean, because, you know, LES, I don't want him to have glasses or nothing, so it's no, probably... That's, that's right, that's right, man. Yeah. And yeah, you get all these tigers bad. Yeah, you're right, Drew. Yep. You're right, you're right. I got to do it. Yep, so, so the drink is based out of uh, Toronto, Providence Brands, and they said it's using plant stems, stalks, and roots. So it's going to be dry, savory, and less sweet than typical beer. That sounds taste, taste, tasty. <laughs> I can't even get out. Well, <laughs> it's a cannabis beer. <laughs> well, thank you, Jerome. There you go. There thank you, go. thank you for the thank you for once again just thank you. That's all I want to say about it. There it is. <laughs>
Oh, folks, it is time for our final thoughts. We're 90 seconds out, so our goodbyes are going to extend past the top of the hour because, you know, Jerome wants to crack jokes. But anyway, well, we're 60 seconds. All right. (laughs) I yield my my time to Kathleen. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. All right. So, Kathleen, final thoughts, sweetheart, final thoughts. Let me see if I can challenge Jerome. I'm not sure. I'm not sure of the pressure. Okay. Um, okay, what I'd like to say is I love the fact that um, Steph Curry, uh, LeBron James, and even Colin Kaepernick will be uh, making some of the Hollywood media money. Um, what I, and, you know, I love the fact that we have Ava DuVernay. We have uh, Shonda Rhimes who signed an unprecedented deal with Netflix coming up, um, that we are, Oprah, Room, Oprah Winfrey, of course, Tyler Perry with the studios in Atlanta. I think we are making a significant, in, you know, we're making some inroads into uh, one of the largest industries in the world. So what I would like to suggest wow. is that as our children are going into school, um, as are as as those of us, and I'm going to even take advantage of this. Those of us who might be interested, we should look at this particular industry. And I'm going to say to those who are out there making the billions and millions and billions of dollars, to look not just to your other buddies and girlfriends in the sports arena who are already making millions. Reach out and to let some of this wealth spread throughout the country because you have talented, 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 dedicated people. That young man that walked 20 miles to work, I am sure that he could be a, you know, do something in the media uh, media world. You know, there's a job that go to interns that are normally whitely connected to families because they ran the industry, right? So they hired their kids and their kids' kids and all of this other stuff. But so we could have them hosting shows and doing travel shows where they're walking miles through whatever else. So if you're interested in the industry, let's make it, you know, let's make a charge right now. It's time because there are openings, there are ways. And if you are owning a studio, Mr. Perry or Mr. LeBron James or Mr. Steph Curry, I am looking for a job. <laughs> but I'm just saying that those of us, we need to reach out to them and have them spread this beyond just their immediate network because there is talent, African-American talent, young and, uh, and older than young, all over this country. So thank you, Mr. Esprit, for the announcement of the outrageous deal, which I am applauding him for, that LeBron James just cut with um, HBO. Wow, well said, uh, Mr. J- Mr. Spree. You still have time. Final thoughts, sir? No, you know what? I, I meant that I'll defer. I'll defer to Les. My bad for for the jokes, and I'll see everybody next week. <laughs> I'm not apologizing for the jokes, by the way. I'm not apologizing. I'm saying we ran long. I'll crack them earlier in the show. <laughs> Okay, Oh, on that note, the man that gets the first and last word here on the serious side, the one and only Mr. Elias, final thoughts. Look, folks, just get out and vote. If you're tired of the same crap that we got right now and, and it's bothering you and you understand what's going on with Donald Trump, get out and vote. Do what you got to do. Get out and vote. Get things done. Otherwise, if not, you can get the same thing. 
final thoughts from our official show texter, Johnny D. says, thank you and all the contributors of the show for having a Trump-free day. <laughs> As I said many times before, to have the opportunity to entertain and inform the listeners of the serious side is an honor and a privilege. Blessings. Johnny D., we definitely are. I'm always indebted to you. I love you so much. You just don't know. My final thoughts is I'm going to encourage people to get out and go see this movie called Blind Spotting. It's really an illustration of what's been going on in this country for a very long time. I think that once you see these types of interactions, once you are a part of it, and we know Hollywood does a very good job of bringing you into it, once you live it, maybe you'll have a change of opinion. You know, and I had some thoughts on the young man who walked it 20 miles and did all these different things. You know, my bias and my, you know, me always looking at things from a cynical point of view, I'm thinking, hmm, are they so happy because, wait a minute, here's this young black man, he's not gang-banging, he's actually doing something positive in his life, so we're going to give him all the accolades, we're going to, you know, we're going to give him all the love, you know, this guy is an inspiration. What, I mean, is there an underlying meaning to that? Am I being too cynical? Am I looking at white people for who they are? Because I think everybody subconsciously has a little bit of racism in them. I really believe that. And I'm not going to say racism. I'm going to say bias because, you know, black people can't be racist because we just can't be. Look the definition up. And on that note, Mr. LES, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, what time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the J. Wow. Show. I have to admit the comments about the show has really moved me to a certain area, moved me to tears in some cases, so I appreciate what we did a few years ago. People are in tune. So for Mr. L.E.S., for Kathleen Williams, for Jerome Esprit, for Johnny D., I'm Jay Riles saying have a great work week. And remember, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, it is the serious side. God bless. We'll see you next week. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.